Richard Butler presents lifestyle, real estate, and investment opportunities the booming South Pacific. Opportunities south of the equator. Learn about the unique and voted happiest country in the world, the tax-friendly nation of Vanuatu. This is the Real Estate Opportunity and Lifestyles of the South Pacific podcast. It's a podcast about personal opportunity and financial prosperity. Financial prosperity, of course, is something that's taken a bit of a hit in many quarters in recent times, but personal opportunity remains buoyant. I'm Lance Hunt from Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited and living in Vanuatu, one of the paradise islands of the South Pacific. I have with me online today Richard Butler. He's in Sydney, Australia. He was two times trade commissioner to Australia for the Republic of Vanuatu and a successful real estate developer with more than 40 years experience. Now, Richard, I hear you've been a bit active on LinkedIn lately with an amazing article that you've written. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, thank you for the introduction, Lance. Yeah, I um, well, I'm like, you know, I'm in lockdown here in, in Sydney. And last week, I decided that after watching too much television, watching too much Sky, Channel 9, Channel 10, Channel 7, American Foxtel, American Sky, and CNN, and you name it, I've been watching them all, trying to get an understanding of what's happening with coronavirus. So I decided to write an article on Friday morning, or Thursday or something, I published it on May the 5th, so a few days ago. And anyway, the same day, you wouldn't believe it, the Australian treasurer went to the press club and virtually confirmed a vast percentage of the things that I was writing about. Obviously, he and I are reading the same newspapers and watching the same news TV channels, obviously. But I came up with a headline and the headline was coronavirus and economics are married, new scoop, divorce pending. And people were like, what the devil is this all about? Well, obviously, the Prime Minister of Australia, Mr. Scott Morrison, on a national television broadcast advised Australians on Friday that due to the outcome of the recent lockdown, which we've been in lockdown here for six weeks, and the continued recognition of the COVID-19 social distancing countrywide, all being followed diligently by the public, that he's going to give Australia an early mark, which he did on Friday. So we expect, and it's already happening, the opening up for work, schooling, professional and personal sport. Our rugby league players are all in camps. They even flew the New Zealanders over to Tamworth and they're in quarantine for 14 days in Tamworth so they can play in the professional rugby league campaign. So also followed by some reducing restrictions on travel and hospitality. So right now, people think that coronavirus is separate from economics, which is an obvious conclusion. However, if you watch the news, you'll see that we've got an amazing number of 800-odd thousand people unemployed who went on the job keeper, job seeker benefits at the Australian government has put out of $200 billion worth of money. And however, what I'm trying to say to you is that, that economics and the coronavirus are really married at the hip. They can't be divorced until the vaccine is discovered. Why? Well, first, this is not a normal recession like the 1987 stock market crash or the 2000 tech crash or the 2008 great financial crisis or Lehman Brothers, which was actually led by a banking collapse, lack of liquidity. Now, this time, this is a health scare recession that has closed down businesses in the shortest period of 
of time, almost like driving up to a stop sign. Bang, you have to stop. That's it. You can't go forward. This is a recession brought on not by lack of liquidity. Endless streams of money will overcome all people's dissolution temporarily, long as you're pumping money into their wallets. As soon as someone can wave the magic wand and has a vaccine, the recovery will be close to instant. History shows after all market downturn, it's followed by an upturn. But there's several types of upturns. It could be, which is the one I'm hoping for, which is a V, down and then straight up. But it could be a W, which is down, up, down, up again. Or it could be a J, where it sort of, it comes down, goes along the bottom and then goes up. Or it could be an L where it goes down and it goes along for quite a long time before it goes up again. Now, I'm hoping for a V, as I said this time, so stimulus funds have been distributed internationally. More than for the first time since World War II, government departments have had to pull back fast-track control levers and make the country move and change rules and regulations and, and government rules rather than push the slow-down levers for development. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have with despair as a developer when things are going really well, find that the Reserve Bank comes in and starts putting up the interest rates to stop people borrowing money. Now, the Reserve Banks around the world moving the interest rates down. And this last Tuesday in Australia, they've gone to 0.25%. They can't go down any lower, but they will go down lower. And when they go down lower, as they have done overseas, if you had money sitting in the bank, they'll start charging you for managing your money rather than giving you an interest on your money. So, so people, there's going to be a flight of capital into out of the banks, into real estate. Now, also green and red tape madness will have to be adjusted and the governments will need all working shovel ready projects proceeding at speed. So to confirm this last week, the Australian Master Builders and the CFMEU union normally at each other's throat in concert approach the Australian government requesting a $10 billion fund to build 30,000 new social housing to offset the downturn by the lockdown. And that's just amazing to have two competing people in the business world of industry of construction together joining and going to the government and say, hey, you've got to start giving us some opportunities to build social housing quickly. So once we come out of this uncertainty, which is just happening at the moment, because people are starting to say, well, look, you know, we've done lockdown here in Australia. I think this morning they said that they only had 20 cases of coronavirus reported nationally. And a lot of those were in one hotspot in Victoria where a meat works. There was something like uh, apparently over the last couple of weeks, over 60 people from that meat works have, have actually had the coronavirus. But they've, they've obviously really supervised the and followed up on the community spread, spreading in the community. So last weekend, the Australian state of Queensland allowed Queenslanders to go for a 50 kilometre drive to have a picnic. Tomorrow here in Australia, it's Mother's Day. And all of a sudden, we're allowed to go and visit our mother but only only if you only two people at a time and sometimes up to five people now they're saying but obviously things are starting to come out of this lockdown and there's a pent-up demand for rest and recreation outside these residential dwellings and there'll be a pent-up demand for people who want to travel eventually as well importantly have you noticed how much money recently has been found by governments for the residents of countries and also to small businesses and large businesses in assisting and supporting 
supporting workers in the Western world. I mean, Trump is talking billions and billions, trillions. For myself, relate back to when I first started work 54 years ago, and my first paycheck was just under 12 pounds. That's about $24 for a week's work. Now, in Australia, people who are on the assistance from the government are getting up to $1,500 a fortnight for not doing any work at all. It's simply mind-bending. And look, I'm not knocking it because it's keeping everything going, but I'm just putting forward the amount of money being ejected into world economies is going to have a long-term effect with the banks just simply amazing interest rates, which I describe lower than low. Soon as we get back to some form of line of, I suppose the word is understanding that, especially here in Australia, for example, we're in a bubble, that we're not going to be affected by the coronavirus as it has affected Italy, the United Kingdom and America. We're in a really good situation here. In America, for example, the USA car industry offers no interest loans are being offered over 84 months and banks just wish to lend you money. The safest assets in times of turmoil is real estate. And of course, we're in the real estate development business and we will see as we did after the great financial crisis that those with money will make fortunes from it. And banks actually have been told by the government to lend money. This is their business. However, those who are working in the most affected industries such as hospitality and traveling travel are temporarily hampered. Still again, all Australian banks have been told by the government, get the money out to the public to support them now. And in America, for example, each business is being offered up to $100,000 and a whopping 1,680,000 businesses applied and got these loans worth $268 billion. And they sent them out through brokers and lenders. It was 4,700 brokers and lenders and banks that distribute this money to these businesses. And these amounts of money are going to be forgiven if they're used correctly and they're used only to pay wages and retain workers. Well, once the dust settles, people are going to realize that, hey, for six months, I've got enough money here to keep a couple of my workers going. And long as I keep paying them this money, it's going to be forgiven. Well, what's going to happen from the profits that are going to come back? People are going to start looking at investing those profits. Now, they're not going to run into the share market. They're going to look at real estate developments. And of course, that's the business that we're in promoting Vanuatu. In Australia, businesses are being offered six months support to retain workers and unemployed people, as I said, can get up to $1,500 a fortnight. And those uh, who are a job keeper can get up to $1,700 a fortnight from through their uh, employer. So billions have been lent what is going to be the outcome when a virus vaccine is found. This is what I come back to, that as soon as a vaccine is found, then you're going to see economics separate itself from coronavirus and you're going to see things getting back to normal, it may take six to 18 months. Well, what will be the hangover is my question. Fortunes are made in post-crisis events. Recently, a drug called Remdesivir has been found to shorten the length of recovery by three days from 12 days as far as if you've got coronavirus. So that basically means the virus can be managed. And in Oxford, in the United Kingdom, on the 23rd of April, they started human trials of a vaccine. And there's some news coming out of Queensland as well, which is absolutely incredible. They're really on the front foot with getting a vaccine coming as well. However, we don't have the vaccine yet. And the only way we can control COVID-19 spreading is the testing, testing and more testing so that we can see who has not got coronavirus and who the Australian government has brought in app that basically carried around. It's in my phone. I've downloaded already. And five and a half million people have now downloaded this app, which basically means that within three or four days, five million people have downloaded an app. God, that's all about technology 
technologies, which the technologies are going to be the areas where people are going to be advancing funds into in this new period of time after COVID. And as I said, disclosure, I have downloaded the app and it's on my phone as my wife has done as well. So the bottom line here is to find out or to find a virus and on a daily, weekly basis, this is basically happening. And of course, the, the future is, I think, even though Vanuatu has been affected by not only the coronavirus by Cyclone Herald, the future of Vanuatu is the government's going to have to start looking at utilising the South Pacific communication cable and setting up clean businesses such as high-tech industries, such as Giuseppe Pacelli from La Kiba, who is working with us and in the Pacific Haven Resort, which we're going to talk to him in another week or so about that. And so these are the industries which are really going to lead us out of the coronavirus in the very near future. And as a matter of fact, a couple of figures have come out today that 10% of the businesses who are currently going through this lockdown intend to continue with having remote workers working from home. That's 10%. So just say, for example, you've got a million people out of work at the present time. That's 100,000 people out of that group in the future will more than likely be working from home. That's an amazing. And they believe that the share market recovery is actually being forced up by the tech investments. Everybody's investing in tech at this point of time. So it's an amazing situation that we have. But for Vanuatu, which is our major product that we talk about every week and we promote, we actually are very lucky because we're living on a series of islands. I mean, Australia is an island. It happens to be the biggest island in the world. It's a continent, but it's also an island. New Zealand has three islands. And then, of course, don't forget the Polynesian islands of the South Pacific. What a turnaround this is from when James Cook came out 250 years ago and when the new settlers came out from the United Kingdom and gave all the natives diseases that they'd never seen before, like measles and the flu or whatever it happens to be. So now it looks like we're living in a bubble. Australia and New Zealand in the future, in the near future, because we both have coronavirus under control, will start the first travel, business and tourism travel going backwards and forwards. And the South Pacific Islands are going to be included in that. Vanuatu does has not yet had one case of coronavirus reported. And there's been an amazing uplift, which I've only just found out about too, that in the last 60 days, there's been an amazing surge in people in Europe and America and other places of the Western world looking for and applying for a second passport so that they can actually have a plan B. And every week, every Tuesday night and every at 7 p.m. Sydney time, 8 p.m. Wednesday night, Lance and I do webinar all about investing into Vanuatu. And we talk about passports and citizenships and plan B. So consequently, that's the uh, podcast for this week. I think we're very lucky here in Australia and New Zealand and the Pacific living in this part of the world. We've seemed to maybe have dodged the bullet that coronavirus is to a certain degree. We certainly, I know we've had 100 people pass away in Australia, but compared to a couple of thousand a day, which is what's happening in America at the moment, we certainly have dodged that bullet and can only say that I believe that the uh, politicians have done the right thing in closing Australia down. Of course, we had never seen it happen before. We're all still in a bit of shock, but we've got used to it like most things. And now we're looking at coming out the other side. So as I said, I don't think there's a better place, arguably, to live in the world at this point of time than to be either in Australia, New Zealand, or in parts of the South Pacific, such as Vanuatu and Fiji, for example. So that's the article that I put in the LinkedIn last week, and we will attach it to this podcast as well. Any comments, Lance? 
Well, I'm going to show my ignorance, Richard, because I've never heard of green tape. I know red tape only too well, but what's green tape? Well, if you're doing a development now anywhere in Australia, more than likely anywhere in America, whatever it happens to be, you've got environmental requirements as well, such as parks require the uh, retention of trees on land. If you go out and buy a block of land, for example, they're now talking about you've got to get your soil checked, you've got to get what trees are on there are the trees protected you can't cut down trees you've got mitigation for flooding you've got a tremendous amount of green requirements that are required on and when you start talking about doing high-rise apartments you have even a bigger list of requirements that you have to adapt to green requirements with regard to air conditioning and space and it just goes on there's a lot of red tape and a lot of green tape right okay well that makes sense so it's referring to paperwork connected with ecological concerns fair enough Well, uh, in Vanuatu, there are ecological concerns because here the government wants to make sure that our progress and forward movement is maintained, but not at the expense of all the beauty and all the clean food, clean water, clean air that people here enjoy now. So uh, we look forward to this moving ahead with intelligence, with care, so that not only is there a great return for investors, and we can already see that happening, but as well, the natural things that people come here for are preserved for not only current tourists, but for a good future for the whole nation. Well, the thing too, Lance, I'd like to just add at the end, the Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand is a guy called Winston Peters, and he's a fabulous long-term politician, a very wiry and smart guy, and he calls a spade a shovel. And when he was interviewed in the last week, he actually said to the news people, he said, we are in the most amazing situation that our flights coming into Australia and New Zealand, we could be in the best position coming out of coronavirus because we don't have coronavirus or COVID or we have it under control down here. So if you're living in Italy or if you've been living in Germany or France or Spain or United Kingdom or America, or not, not to mention the South African countries or not to mention the South American countries, South African countries think they're going to have 190,000 pass away in the next six months if they can't control it, if they don't have a vaccine. So there's a lot of people who will look to travel and where they want to travel to is places that have been in their own mind are sterilized to a certain degree of COVID-19 in that community and of course what's happening now is Emirates is doing at the present time is that you have a 10-minute test at the airport you provide a 14-day prior doctor's report that you've been tested for it you do a test at the airport they will then take your temperature and then you'll be sitting on a plane normally the way they're going to be doing it initially is that if you've got bank of, of three seats at a time you'll have on the first bank you'll have one person on the window seat on the second bank you'll have one person on the aisle seat and that'll give the distancing so for every six seats they'll only be carrying two at a time so that's going to be an interesting outcome as well will that mean the prices of tickets will increase more than likely but people want to travel they want to travel and that means that the hospitality venues the hotels casinos and resorts they will have to offer some form of discount to offset it so it'll all work itself out, I'm sure, in the future, one way or another. It simply has to. That's what it's all about. 
one of the major costs of airlines is fuel and oil prices have dropped dramatically. So very good point. Lance. Maybe, maybe that will offset it. Yeah, well, the, the head of Qantas basically said this week that he saw the first flights opening up between Brisbane and Sydney in Australia. And he was talking about 19 to $30 seats one way, 19 to $30. So that gives you an idea of the discount walls going to be coming to get people back on the airplanes. Cost you twice as much to get a taxi to the airport. Well, it does. Where I live, and I go by train to the airport from here, but, but if I get catch a cab, it's $54 for the cab one way. That's $108. So obviously, I'd just get the train because the train goes right to the centre of underneath the airport. You just walk up and get straight. You don't have to worry about parking. But if I'm ever taking bags or, or my wife and we have to catch an early morning plane, we catch the uh, six o'clock and you've got to be there an hour, an hour and a half before. We always go by taxi early in the morning and that's $54 one way, so 108 So you'll be able to fly backwards and forwards and back again to Melbourne for the same amount of money I'd pay for the cab fare. Too. <laughs> and that's amazing, isn't it? Well, we better pull the plug on this, Richard, and let our listeners get back to their everyday lives. But very pleased to have had you as a guest on our Lifestyles podcast again. And we look forward to talking to you, especially with that interesting interview. I'm not sure if it'll be the next one or the one after next, but it's coming up shortly with Mr. Porcelli back again to tell us of the upcoming developments for investors and something that we flagged before at a really reasonable price and secure as well. But anyway, enough of that. Thank you very much, Richard, for your part this afternoon. And we look forward to getting together again in the near future. Good afternoon. Thanks a lot.